Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, AKA Longform Luke, and this is the Loans On Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And man, I'm super excited for this episode. We have Naisha Walton. She is a good friend of mine. I've known her for years now, and I've been trying to have her on the show for a while. Unfortunately, the first time I tried to have her on, my internet went out. And so, uh, hey, we're getting a second chance to do this. I'm super excited because she has a lot of cool things that have happened since we were going to do this. So welcome to the show, Naisha. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So give us a little bit of the background. I don't even, did I say the Lending Village? I don't even know if I introduced uh, who, where you're from, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so go ahead and give us a, a background of, of who you are, uh, what kind of, kind of got you into the industry and uh, we'll kind of go from there. Well, I'm a mom of two and um, I got into the industry because I needed to make a lot of money. Two sons that are athletes and I'm a single mom. So I got into the industry for the money. And then shortly after I started working in the industry, I went to a closing and I got a hug from a borrower and I opened my eyes that this is not just about money, that we are actually right. changing people's lives. So um, I took my career more seriously. I grew from working as a receptionist in the mortgage industry to now owning my own mortgage company. Ooh, so that's quite the journey. That sounded <laughs> like that was a quick thing, but I know you've been in this industry for a lot of years. <laughs> what did that journey look like from kind of the beginning uh, to now? I mean, you don't got to go like, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be a 30 minute uh, monologue, but like, what did that look like in terms of the journey from the start to, to now? Well, it, it was a 20 year journey. You used to work for a mortgage broker. I watched her, you know, uh, leave every day in her nice two seater car with her Louis Vuitton belt shoes mm -hmm. and purse. And I'm like, I can do that. So I went and I got my uh, NMLS license. The company I was working for, it told me um, to get everybody in my office license. It was right around the time where they were being a little more particular about licensing activity. And mm -hmm. so I got my entire office set up with the NMLS class. And I asked my boss, can I take the class? And he said, oh, no, you would never be a good loan officer. And so I called the school and I said, check this out. I just got my whole team signed up with you guys. I want a discount on a 20 hour class. He's like, no problem. So I took the class. I took the California test first and I passed it because that was back in the day when you had to test for each state. Every month, yeah. <laughs> yep. Then I took the NMLS test um, and I failed it. And then I took the NMLS test again and then mm -hmm. I failed it. And then I took it a third time. The third time I stopped smoking pot and I passed it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Imagine that. Good fact to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I worked for a reverse mortgage company for a long time and I did reverse mortgages. That's how I got my career started in reverse. After I left that broker who didn't believe in me, who said I would never be a good loan officer, I went and worked for reverse. Reverses, you know, got kind of old and I wanted to learn forward. So I went into uh, work for another company where I did forward, forward mortgages were regular mortgages um, right. for subprime borrowers. So these are people that had credit issues, high DTI, things like that. Um, I worked for about 15 different mortgage companies because I would be at work. I'm a true loan officer. I get fidgety and I quit. I get mad at something. I quit. Systems would go down. I quit. So typical loan officer, no very short attention span. Sure. And I finally um, ran into a gentleman named Sean Rogers at one of our cubicle companies that I was working at. And uh, we hit it off. We had a lot in common and we decided to open uh, to go into business together and, and uh, get some branches going. So sure. as we worked for different mortgage companies and we were branch managers, um, we found out we were cousins. We found out we were actually related. Oh, no. 
So you found that out after? So I just yeah. saw I saw you just talking about that the other day and I was like, oh, no wonder they know each other. But now now I just found out that you didn't even know that when you met. That's awesome. Yeah, we've started off just cubicle homies. He sat behind me. I gave him my leftovers. That's how we started hanging out. I would get ready to throw my food away. And he'd be like, you're not throwing all that food away because I never finished my food. I give him my leftovers and we bonded over uh, leftovers. So That's- um Sounds like me. I was the, I was always known as the, uh, when I worked in corporate, I was always known as the garbage disposal. So everybody would always be like, Hey, do you want, do you want my lunch? I'm like, sure. I'll eat your lunch. I already had two lunches, but sure. I'll have your third lunch. Yep. You guys are the top producers. I've worked with a couple of people that ate my leftovers and they, they were all top producers. So there's a trait there. Um, <laughs> so we we're always hungry. <laughs> literally. Right. Yes. Yes. Literally. Um, and so figuratively. A couple different mortgage companies went on some fake P&Ls and then we went to the broker side and we stayed in the broker side for about a year and we learned everything we needed to learn. And then we launched our own mortgage company. Right, right. So you, and you just, uh, what, how long has the, the, the current mortgage company that you just launched been active? I think you just did it a couple of months ago. It's been active since February of last year. However, um, we didn't join our own company until January. Gotcha. We had to take so care of licensing compliance and brick and mortar and all the different requirements that we needed to take care of before we could actually uh, go live as a mortgage company. We got our first mm-hmm. license in October of last year. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a big process. And, and I know it's been kind of that, that dream for a long time. What does that kind of meant for you to, to go from someone telling you that you're never going to be good at, uh, at loans to, to owning your own brokerage, right? Like, what does that mean to you? It's huge. Like I was on welfare in section eight when I got into this industry, I was poor Mm. and now I'm a homeowner and my kids get to see me at home working every day and making the money. And I never have to tell them no, when they want things, we travel, we vacation. My whole house has a passport. Like I never thought I would live this life. So yeah, I I work a lot. Mm. Um, I don't even consider this work. This is my life now. I'm Mm. mortgaging all the time. I grocery stores, banks, wherever I'm at, I'm educating people and, and representing and letting them know about how important home ownership is. So it's huge. Like, I don't want to go into too much detail because I'll start crying, but it's huge. We'll try to keep the tears for, you know, a different day. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you talked about, I mean, you, you were, uh, I mean, I think you were even on, on a HGTV or what was the, uh, the show you got on? And it's pretty impressive, right? I mean, section eight to, to owning a home, that's, that's a big leap and, you know, 20 year journey. I mean, uh, that's, that's incredible. Yep. We filmed on house hunters. When I purchased this oh, house, my family was on House Hunters HGTV, and we—it was an interesting uh, experience. To I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> interesting, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure working with Hollywood and all those kind of you know craziness is is probably a lot. And you know, maybe you got those crazies now trying to scope out your house and stuff too. I don't know. Maybe you got those weird, weird, uh, weird people. But no, not too much. No, uh, they protected our privacy. So my oh, thing good. is, I can I say bad words on this because I'm trying to be say bad behave. Words. Go for it. So I talk a lot of shit, right? And production could hear me. And I've always had a mic on. So I didn't realize and the sound guy would be in the corner cracking up. So that was the hardest part about (laughs) filming. (laughs) That's awesome. Of course, of course, I've known you long enough to know that that's definitely Naisha to the core. Uh, I love it. But I mean, hey, that's that's part of what I love about you is is the fact that you are super authentic and just straightforward with everything that that you do. I mean, you're very proud of who you are as a person and people know that. And, you know, if they don't like it, then they can get out of the way. I mean, that's that's what matters, right? (laughs) Um, and so, and that's, and again, that's, that's something that, I mean, I've even, you know, I've, I've even felt like sometimes I'm, I'm a little abrasive with people too, but it just comes down to like, I'm, I can't lie. I can't like not be truthful. Uh, it's, it's a really hard thing to do for me. 
And so I do, I do appreciate that about you. It's like, you won't, you won't sugarcoat anything. You're just going to tell us, tell us how it is. So, but yeah, no, I appreciate that in terms of like everything that you've done. So, I mean, you guys have already started growing. Um, you went from, you know, you and Sean to now, what did you say? How many people do you have employed now um, under the, the company? We have about 12 people um, that work for wow. us now and three people that will be starting in the next week or so. And so, you know, if you're listening to this, you're just getting started, you know, just know that there, there is a path to growth. And I mean, Naisha was able to do that. It's 20 year career. Uh, maybe you can do it a little faster. I don't know. Follow, follow the steps that, that Naisha took and think you can get there. It's, it's a lot of it comes down to just putting in the work, putting in the work and understanding that it's not going to be easy, but let's, let's transition into like, what, how did you transition? What was that like? I mean, cause I think you were doing a lot of those years, uh, you guys were in kind of call center environments, doing that consumer direct stuff. What was that transition to kind of self-sourcing uh, and things like that? I mean, that was what, around 2018, 19, 20, somewhere around there where you guys kind of shifted over uh, to being branch managers and things like that. Was that, is that correct? Yeah. So we were buying your leads and oh. um, we were giving, <laughs> we, plug, we were plug. <laughs> well, we used, we bought your leads for years. Your leads are the reason yeah. why we don't have to call leads anymore. I'm going to be, you know, honest with you. We, we called the leads. Um, we, we did, we followed the process because we had experience dialing because both of us came from a call center environment and neither one of us minded being on the phones. Like it, it wasn't right. like a big deal. So we would get on the phones, dial, dial, dial. We'd get the client on the phone, get them pre-approved. And then we would introduce them to a realtor partner that we want to work with. We didn't just come to the realtor partner like, hey, send me some loans. We'd say, hey, I got a pre-approved veteran here, you know, in this state and I need you to help them find a house. So after we did that over and over and over for what, about two years, we don't have time to call leads anymore because now these right. realtors see that we're good people. We know what we're doing. And now we're actually in a Keller Williams office with 486 agents and they're ours. So we went from calling your leads to not having time to call your leads. Yeah. And hey, that's a good problem to have. I mean, you know, obviously I feel like it's a bad business model for me to, to generate such good leads that I, that I put myself out of business, but Hey, that's, that's always the, the goal. And I remember actually talking with Sean early on and him saying like, well, I don't really want to work with real estate agents. And I was like, come on, man. Like, like I'm a marketing guy. And like, obviously I like that you want to talk to leads and stuff, but like you need to work with real estate agents because that's where you're going to get those just ready to buy those, those people that are just hungry to go. Right. Those are, that's the, those are the best places you can find your referrals and leads and things like that. So he went out implements it. I didn't even tell him how to do it. I just said, you just need to change your mindset around real, real estate agents. And then look what you guys did. You went, you know, a couple of years later, you, you now have, you know, 12 people on the team. Uh, you guys, you know, closed what, 100 and 120 something transactions last year and looking to continue to grow that over the, over the years. That wasn't a tough year. So that's what's so incredible about your growth um, is this idea that like, there wasn't an easy path, right? Anytime during the, the, the process, it wasn't easy. I mean, you guys put in the work, and I know like, like what, like, what do you say now? Like, what is your kind of your, your model now? Like, how do you, I know you guys give a lot of value back to your agents too, even if it's not, you know, giving them pre-approvals, you guys are constantly doing things. So what's kind of your, your current models to, to give value back to these people or agents, I guess. We highlight our agents. Um, we do home buyer workshops with them in person and virtually. We give them tools, application links, just the tools that they need to feel like they're part of the team. We keep them informed. We taught them how to become loan officers. Most of the people on my team are also realtors. Mm -hmm. So we teach them what we know. Um, we invest time and money, energy, attention. I mean, we hang out with them on the weekends. It's not just, you know, phone relationships. I've gone to Miami yeah. with some of my realtor partners. I've, I've, we've hung out. So we just, we built a relationship and a friendship with them. We have one, one of my favorite realtor partners. Her name is Benicia. And someone will say something negative about Sean or I, she will go off. 
she's like, you cannot talk about my lending team. And then she goes off. So we've created really loyal. And, and, and just to just to backpedal a little bit, Sean and I, it's not that we never wanted to work with real estate agents. We didn't want to depend solely on realtor oh, business. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. 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 A hundred percent. Yeah. And now we have now a hundred percent of our business comes from real estate agents. And then me being inappropriately funny on social media. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to follow an inappropriately funny person, go on social media and follow Naisha. But wait till she March 1st because I'm on, uh, my page has been, uh, I'm on punishment uh, right now. I'm in Facebook uh, 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 that's, that's what happens when you post inappropriately funny things. <laughs> you get reported by, you get reported by Karen's, right? So don't, yes. don't do that. Hey, she posts the things that I think about, but uh, I would never, I would never post because I don't want my mom to see me posting stuff like that. Right. So, I feel oh, so no, bad it's awesome. it works. When Sean's dad sees my post, I feel so bad when he likes them because he, he's a pastor, you know, oh, no. my page is not saved. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, as you can tell, I mean, you're, you're just like completely yourself, which again is, is going to attract people to you. And I know you use uh, social media. So, I mean, you know, you say you're not doing leads, but you're still going direct to the consumer. You're still advertising, marketing via your social media channels to consumers and then also to real estate agents. Right. And so, Let's talk a little bit about that. Like what has kind of that been? Uh, what was the strategy there in terms of uh, using social media? Because I know you had some cool things also when you had the leads that you were being able to give out. So, so talk a little bit about how you have leveraged uh, social media uh, to grow your business over the, over the years. So during the pandemic, we were all stuck in the house. I mean, we, we worked from home before that anyway, but everybody was stuck in the house. Mm-hmm. So I grew my audience on social media. You can't sell stuff if you don't have an audience. So we really worked hard on increasing our engagement on social media. And um, we, I have followers. I have, I just, I have a fan club now on social media and, and people literally text me email, every day. Thank you for your post. I need your post. Are you okay? I miss your post. Oh, by the way, um, I want to refinance my house. <laughs> Can you help me? Sure. So being on social media, what I do is I get up in the morning. Why well, don't get up? I lay in the bed for about an hour and I schedule all my posts for the day. So I'm not posting all throughout the day like people think I am. I actually work all throughout the day. So I'm laying in bed like 5 a.m., spend about an hour posting, uh, setting up my posts. And then um, at the end of the day, I go through and I like and respond to everybody's feedback. You got to make people feel like, you know, they matter, they're important. um, And you just got to keep the engagement high. So um, with that, we get a lot of um, organic. We do get organic business. We do get leads organically like that from consumers. But I would still say the majority of our business is, is realtor partners. Sure. Well, but that's, but that's also how you're attracting realtor partners as well, right? Is, I mean, you're, you're potentially repelling them as some of them as well, but it's okay because you want to work with the people that are like that you uh, jive with anyway. And so people do get a little scared to take a stand on social media, whether it be, you know, whatever political, I'm not political, so I don't talk about politics, but some people are like scared to talk about politics, but they're like, so outrightly like political about something. It's like, well, is that who you are? Then, okay, it's fine. Like you might lose some business, but you're also going to gain raving fans on the other side. Right. So I do appreciate the approach that you've taken because it's super authentic to who you are. And I know authentic is that buzzword that people talk about, but truly like being who you are is what's going to attract the most amount of people. And the other thing too, is you post, you know, I know you post a lot of memes. You also post a lot of, you know, the success you're having, but people have this sort of weird connotation, not connotation, but this weird sort of feeling that they can't do memes. They can't do things like that. Right. Because they they don't think it's valuable, but like, I personally believe that if you can make someone laugh, you can make someone smile, you're effectively changing their mood. So that is valuable, right? Like, yeah, I mean, maybe you should only post memes. Like there should be some other sort of value there, but there is value to memes. There is value to funny posts. Uh, and, and that 
comes down to like, again, like you're making someone smile. So what, what sort of like, what crafted the way you decided to to post or was it just, Hey, I'm going to post what I think is funny. Like what was I've the always strategy? Been a clown. I've always been the class clown. I've always been the life of the party. I'm the one that'll have everybody laughing at a funeral. Like I've always been that person. Mm. So being able to do it on social media, the reason I do it is because I'm going to sneak some education in there and I want to make sure you're following my funny stuff because when I sneak that education in there, I want Mm. to make sure it hits. So it's kind of a, I guess, I don't know. It's just a method. It's a method that I've used that I found is is successful. And if they're liking my funny stuff, then the algorithms are also going to send them my educational stuff. Education is so important in this industry. I love it. And that's something I think people overthink, right? It's like you see so many, so many loan officers, real estate agents, they'll just post their listings. They'll just post their whatever things. And like no one engages with those things. So the more they post those things, the less business they're actually probably getting because they're everybody's like, oh, this is just a stuffy business person. All they're trying to do is sell me all the time. Whereas the way you're doing is you're it's and I always talk about this from two standpoints. One, you're you're just literally it's human psychology. You're just literally being you're understanding who humans are and what they want to interact with. And then you're also giving me the algorithm because the algorithm is is all based around human psychology, human behavior. And it says, what is it that they want to see? Let's show them more of that stuff, right? So if they start to engage with, with memes or family posts or things like that, that are more likely to engage with, the algorithm is going to reward that. And like you said, now when you post your business posts, even though the engagement is lower on the business list, because typically they are, it's still mm-hmm. going to a lot more people because they know that you put out good content, right? They know based off of, real-time human feedback that you're putting out good content because that's what likes, comments, engagement is, is feedback to the algorithm that, hey, this person puts out good content. And I love that you, you're doing that. And maybe it wasn't even something that you thought about. You just decided to to do it like, and it worked out. Was there like a strategy behind it or was it just kind of like, hey, I'm going to do it just for fun? Sean. Sean. Sean, Sean knew, like there is a statistic out there that I guess, I don't remember specifically because I'm not good with this stuff. But there are so many more black women purchasing homes in America than other mm-hmm. people. And I'm that black woman. I'm that face. I'm natural. I'm it. myself. So I attract successful black women. And that's who my following. That's who that's who follow me. Of course, there's more other than just black women. But you'll see 90 percent of my audience, black women. Mm-hmm. So Sean played on that. Smart. I mean, it's, it is smart. I mean, and it's, it's, again, I mean, we're just going back to human psychology. Mm-hmm. People are attracted to the people that are similar to them, right. And in, in every way, right. That look like them, that sound like them, that talk like them, that have a similar interest. It's, yeah. it's just how humans operate. I mean, you've, you've done a, a fantastic, masterful job of doing that and, and kudos to you. And again, I just want to kind of go back to like what you guys have achieved is incredible, right? I mean, again, from, from coming from someone that, that was told they weren't going to succeed or they weren't going to be good as a loan officer to, you know, running your own team. And like, you know, the, the sky's the limit. Like what's, what's the ultimate goal with what you guys are building? Like, um, we want to go direct lender. Of course we want to work the broker side for a little while. And then we want to come a direct lender. Um, we're starting the lending village Academy. So what we're going to be doing is teaching loan officers, how to be successful loan officers, actually teaching them how to structure loans, read credit reports, understand DU findings, how to purchase leads, how to work the leads. Like we're teaching them everything that took us 20 years to learn. That's what we're we're starting an academy and that's not going to be free. Um, You told me before that I should be charging for some of the information that I put out there. I heard you. So we are going to put that academy out there. That should launch April 1st. It's important. It's important because people that people, okay. And the reason I say this is because people don't take free stuff 
like you can put a little bit of free stuff out there, but they're not going to take it seriously and they're not going to implement it if it doesn't cost them anything. Right. And you know that, like, I mean, we, I've seen it. I've seen it when people don't have to buy the leads themselves, the way they treat them versus when they are the ones that are pushing, putting the money out. There's just, and you've seen it. I know you've, you've hired people that like, you know, that you tried to give them the leads and it was like, well, they didn't care as much as I did because it's not hurting them. So yeah. I have some important. skin in the game. I think it's huge. Let's, let's talk about that. I love, I love that you're doing that course, uh, that, that Academy, because what I tend to find with most organizations, right? Mortgage organizations is, you know, when you go consumer direct, they teach you everything you need to know about consumer direct, right? About how to talk to them, all that kind of stuff. But they don't teach you that other stuff, which is what you're talking about, which is what most of the other retail broker shops are going to teach you is like how to actually structure loans and that kind of stuff, right? So like, there's never a model, at least you know, there's not very many that, that have both of those things where they teach you how to be a good loan officer. They teach you the guidelines and all that stuff. And they teach you how to go consumer direct and they teach you how to be realtor focused. Cause I think, I mean, we've talked about this multiple times. It's that hybrid LO mentality. So what you're trying to create is a bunch of hybrid LOs. I love it. What's the goal with that? I mean, what, what, what do you, what, what's the plan with, uh, with the Academy? Well, the people that graduate from the Academy can come work for us. Smart recruiting if they don't tool. want to work for us, they go work for somewhere else. We have that one of the highest comp plans in the industry. We're paying people well. So um, they can come work for us. Um, we can't train people anymore. Green people that come to us, we just don't have time to train them. So mm-hmm. if you're really interested in, in learning this industry and becoming a lucrative, successful loan officer, then you'll complete the academy. I love it. I mean, that's it's, it's a smart way to do it, especially because, again, I mean, it's you and Sean, and there's there's only so many hours in the day, and you guys are doing your own loans. So it does. And I mean, parents. Well, I mean, that's the most important job, um, <laughs> right? That's the most important job. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's huge. Uh, it's, it, and, and again, I mean, people that pay, pay attention um, mm. and people that are invested in their own success are going to be the ones that go the farthest, right? And I see this a lot. I see this in the new, the new loan officer groups and things like that is where people will be like, hey, I'm looking for a company that will train me and do this and do that and give me a base. Like, it's like, cool. Like, I mean, I would love that too. I think everybody would love that, but I don't just, especially in a market like right now, I don't know that that's super prevalent. And and guess what happens when that happens? Those people will pay you for a certain amount of time and they'll be like, oh, you're just costing us money, right? They'll, they'll, they're going to, especially in a market like right now, they're going to cut you loose like really, really, really fast. So, you know, finding out ways to do things yourself, uh, you're, you're, I mean, just going back to this idea that like, we don't want to be dependent entirely on just real estate agents, right? And you, you know, like, you know, if that all fell apart, you could just go buy some leads and you could fix it, right? Like, and so that's the thing that you have is, is still that leverage around knowing what needs to happen when you when you do buy leads, knowing what needs to happen when, you know, you work relationships and how to build more relationships. And so what would you say for like a loan officer that is getting started? Like, where, where would you start? Obviously go to your academy, but outside of that, like where, where would you start as a, as a new loan officer in, you know, getting business? Like what's the skill that you would say is the most important for them to, to sort of grasp at this point? Um, You can't be scared of social media. Most of the people that I've hired that didn't want to do the social media work, they're not loan officers anymore. They're not successful. Mm -hmm. When I would train them, I would tell them the importance of being on social media. I'm like, just copy what I do. Copy everything I do. The people that copied everything that I do, they're making 20, 30 grand a month in their first year as loan officers. Um, But the people that don't want to, they want to create their own path. Don't create your own path. Well, create your own path after you're already making twenty, thirty thousand dollars right, a month. Right. Then start playing around. But when when someone's showing you something and they have the proof and the, and they can show you the numbers and their their pay stubs and their tax returns, listen to that person. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Just go with the flow. Find a great mentor. Understand that people that are top producers are busy. 
So you're not going to be able to ask them a bunch of questions. Use Google, be resourceful. Don't be so quick to say, hey, Luke, what's the max DTI on uh, CalHAPA? Go on the CalHAPA website, look it up for yourself. Be be able to find information on your own. Don't wait for people Mm -hmm. to hand everything to you. Mm -hmm. One of my pet peeves when I worked in the call center was, oh, these leads suck. No, you suck. Stop blaming the leads. It's not the leads. I I made my money off the Shark Tank. I don't know if you guys know what the Shark Tank is. The Shark Tank is a place where all the leads that have been called a million times, where everybody's been told no, that's where all these leads sit. I didn't even take live calls. I went and got up in the morning and I went to the Shark Tank. And I would build relationships with people in the Shark Tank and and I would they would trust me and they would learn to love me and then I would be able to help them. So mm-hmm. just follow what people are telling you, the people that are successful. You have to know who's who's actually making an impact. And then don't be so money hungry. Yeah. Your goal should be to change lives and be an impact and create general generational wealth for people. If you're just in this for the money, you will make money. But if you actually well, put your heart in this and you you and you let God use you in this industry, it's a game changer. The the loans will fall in your lap. The resources will fall in your lap. The opportunities, they just knock on your door. You know, sometimes they just walk through the door. They don't even knock. So yeah, just yeah. be open minded. Show up as an application. Don't be a banker. That's my advice. I love it. No, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. And, and you talked about, I mean, loan officers are fundamentally, they are problem solvers, right? Like yes. that is like pretty much your job is you're a problem solver. And if you can't, figure out how to read a handbook or, you know, look at guidelines and figure out things without having to ask a million people. Like that's the only way you're going to learn. I mean, I was just doing a little training video the other day. And I was like this whole idea of like, when you're starting anything, you start in this unconscious incompetence realm. And like your goal is to with work, with knowledge, with action, always action, because knowledge, knowledge without action is just nothing. It doesn't matter. Like, you have to actually apply the things that you know. So many, t- I mean, just to kind of go back to what some one of my mentors early on, not even a mentor, some dude I met at a conference was like saying some things. I was like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's like early on when I had like barely, like literally had just blood money for the first couple of years, for the first couple of months of trying to start my business. He says, you keep saying, I know, but yet you're not doing the things that you know. So do you actually know those things or not? And I was like, oh, like it really hit me because it was like, I'm talking about how I know all these things, but like, am I doing the actions that I know that I know are going to get me those results? No, I, I definitely wasn't. Right. And so again, it just comes down to doing the work and you're going to go from the space where you're unconscious incompetence at some point after maybe years or months or whatever, it's going to take you, you're going to be in this conscious or unconscious competence where like, you can almost do this in your sleep. Mm-hmm. You can talk to a prospect in your sleep, right? I mean, you had 20 years of calling uh, prospects. You could probably talk to a prospect in your sleep. And then there's people that come in, they're brand new and they think that they're going to talk like Naisha. They're going to, they're going to convert leads like crazy, but it's like, dude, you've never, you've never literally never talked to a lead. How do you expect to go? Just like you become a loan officer. You don't just become a great loan officer overnight, right? It takes at least a year to understand the basics of the guidelines. And it probably takes 20 years to actually understand everything. Right. And so stop thinking that this is going to be this fast thing where you're just all of a sudden going to be rich overnight. I mean, you know, I'm sure for you, it probably took six, 12, 24 months. I don't know how long it took before you started to, to make enough money to, to make ends meet. I mean, I know at the beginning, it's always hard in the mortgage industry. Well, I had other obstacles. I was a single mom. So I had kids getting sick, breaking bones, things like that, where I'd have to quit jobs and move. And I had mm-hmm. a lot of other obstacles that kept me. I didn't have a good support system. Once I moved in with my dad, that's when my career changed because I didn't have to worry about bills and picking kids up from school mm-hmm. and taking kids to practice. My dad started doing all that stuff. That's when my career took off because I could focus 
You really need to be focused in this industry. If you have a bunch of distractions, it's going to affect your bottom line. For sure. I mean, and, and support, you clearly did it and you made it through this, but yeah, support systems is, is going to, to be that. I mean, that's going to be the difference between, yeah. I mean, you can, you can figure it out. Like at some point, like you're going to figure it out, but it might take a little bit longer uh, to do it. And and yeah, having that foundation is, is going to be key. Uh, but you talked about also the the money thing. And I think this is a huge thing to talk about because yeah, at the end of the day, like we're all driven by money, right? If we're in sales, if we're the type, like we're entrepreneur, loan officers are most likely going to be driven by money. It's okay to be driven by money, right? It is okay. There's nothing wrong with it. That being said, there's a difference between being driven by money and being desperate for money, okay. which is what tends to happen, right? It's, I mean, we've talked about the commission breath. You get on a call and you're not there to serve them. You're there to get your commission and they can feel that, right? So like what, like when you're having a conversation with someone, what, like, how do you shift out of that? energy or that mindset of like, Hey, you know, I need this commission. Even when you are desperate, how do you shift out of that mindset? Do you have like any strategies or anything that you do? I keep in mind that I'm a servant and I follow the 80, 20 rule. I call the person and I figure out what they need. This is all about what they need. And I listen to them. And if you listen to a person's talk, you can take a whole 10 or three without asking a question. They'll tell you everything. Yeah. Well, I've been on my job mm-hmm. for 20 years and I've been a bus driver and, you know, I've been renting for 17 years. I've been paying a thousand dollars a month for rent and I'm ready, but you're, you're filling out 1003. If you're listening, right. you're filling out the 1003. So when they're done talking, you can actually say, you know what? You repeat some of that stuff back to them. So they know that you heard them. You have to make people yep. feel heard. And mm-hmm. then you ask them for the other information you need. What I noticed with a lot of these loan officers is the knowledge vomiting. They get on the phone and bleh, bleh, just shut up. Talk 20% of the time, listen 80% of the time. And the client will be like, okay, how do I get started? If you do it right, but you just got to learn to shut up. <laughs> well, you talked about knowledge vomiting and it's, people like to call it educating, right? I'm educating my, my borrowers. It's like, you can educate your borrowers farther down the line. Don't be doing that on the very first call where like, you're just talking about DTI, LTV, all these things. You're actually going to hurt yourself in the process. And and it's, it's really detrimental to your prospect because you're going to confuse them into not buying. You're going to confuse them into not moving forward. You're going to make them feel like, hey, this is really hard. And so like, if you just make them feel heard, like, like Naisha said, like they're going to ask, okay, what's the next step? Okay, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have to, you know, get your credit, your assets, all this kind of stuff. Then you start kind of, can kind of start to get into a little bit of that more nitty gritty stuff of like the, the, the boring stuff, right? But if you do that right away, you're just going to scare them away. I, I love that you brought that up because knowledge vomiting, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the word that I like is the, um, is the uh, techno babble, right? Like you're using all your words that like don't make sense to anybody else and love him or hate him. Trump talked at a fourth grade level and everybody liked to talk trash, but like he was a master communicator. You can say whatever you want about him, but he was a master communicator. There's a reason why he became the president. Again, love him or hate him. I don't care. Like from the perspective of like a communication, like he was able to communicate to every single person and every single person could understand him. Right. Yep. And that's one of the, the keys to, to any sales conversation or anything like that. It's like, you don't want to talk down to people because they're going to feel inferior as well. Right. And that's one thing that I think loan officers, they don't understand. It's called the curse of knowledge. They don't understand mm-hmm. that the consumer does not know anything about the transaction. Zero percent. Like they don't nothing. Stop pretending like they do and stop getting mad. I see people all the time getting mad because their prospect sent them something like what, you know, they didn't send them like the, the, the last page of the, of the bank statements. They and don't know. Don't stop assuming. Or maybe you did, but who cares? They, they're, they're, they're consumers, <laughs> right? Like they don't know. They have no idea. Like they, they might think you're just, you know, full of crap. I don't know. But like, you can't get mad at someone because like, they're not doing this. You're doing this every single day. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and I think people forget, they forget, they get jaded. They're like, okay, this 
consumers are annoying. It's like, no, they just don't understand the process or you're making it too difficult for them. That's the other problem. Most of these people mm. are making it too difficult too. And I know you have some cool things there. How do you make it simple and easy for people to, to work with you? Some people make it hard to get to work with them. They get to work with Naisha. They don't get to work with my representative. Mm. This is me, hoodie, at home. I put a bed in my office because I get drained after talking to people all day. So I take naps. I'm myself. I'm 100% myself. And people can feel that. And they don't feel the desperation for the sale. They feel a genuine woman, a mother, a business owner who wants to see them win because that's what I want for whoever I talk to. I want to see them win. If they don't qualify for the house, guess what? We're going to set them up with a game plan. So they will qualify maybe in two or three years down the line. I want to see people win. And when you're genuine and you have a good heart, people can feel that and they know it and they'll trust you. I love it. That's what it's about. It's about, I mean, it's, and it's, it's funny because I was actually telling someone earlier today, it's like, you can shift your why there's so much impact in the market. Like what other industry at the real estate and mortgage that you get to have this much of an impact in people's wealth in changing their trajectory, like, and, you know, taking someone out of the hood and out of the, out of, you know, like things like that. It's like, how, like, where else do you get to do that? So like you're changing someone's my, family tree. My grandmother, Luke, my grandparents, my grandmother was born on a plantation. Okay. Her father mm-hmm. was a slave owner. When they oh. moved from St. Louis, Missouri to California, they wanted to live off Pico and La Cienega. And they were told they couldn't buy a house there because they were black. And FHA at that time said black people couldn't own homes. So my grandmother was what they call a passer. So she straightened her hair, she put her makeup on and she bought the house as a white woman for $47,000. When my grandmother passed, she wanted that house sold. We sold that house for $1.2 million sight unseen. Mm. So when I talk about helping people create generational, well, this is not about your kids. This is not about you. This is about your, my, my kids. Her great grandkids are, were the beneficiary of her estate. So there's so much emotion behind purchasing real estate. It's not just about, oh, I don't have to pay rent anymore. No, you're setting up your future. You're setting up your legacy. It doesn't matter how ugly the house is or how big the house is or how small the house is. You can buy, you can buy many houses. Get into a property, stop paying rent, Get into a property and make the best of it. I mean, my story is it's its not just about me, right? This is about my wow. kids. It's about my grandmother and what my grandfather had to endure. And now I'm blackety black. I'm not straightening my hair. I'm not changing <laughs> my speech. <laughs> you call me Miss Walton if you can't say Naisha. <laughs> I'm not going to even say it. I was like, I'll, I'll, miss, I'll miss say your name, but you're, you're going to hang up on me. So I'll, 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 I'll leave that for a different time. So, you know, thank you so much, Naisha, man. This has been uh, an incredible, incredible episode. And like I said, I've been wanting to have you on for a while. Uh, obviously, I've known you, but I wanted the world to, to hear, you know, who you are and, and what you're about and, and the, the success you've achieved. And I, I think for anybody who's listening to this, that, you know, is just getting started or, or is going through a hard time, know that like things will get better. You just got to keep going. You keep got to keep taking those actions that are required. I mean, we're, in, we're in a tough market, right? Like a lot of the market is down right now. And so understanding that, and not letting that affect what you do, right? Because behind every action is the is the reaction is the is the thing that the result. Um, and you don't always see those results right away, right? I'm sure you guys have been planting a seed for for years, and now here you are. The, you're you're reaping the rewards of 20 years of work, and now you have your own your own shop, right? It's not like it happened overnight. You didn't become successful overnight. It took you years of grinding, and I'm sure you lost a bunch of money in certain things, and you know. So just thinking about it from that perspective, I mean, I don't know, it's, it's incredible to see that journey. And then also it, it's, I'm, I'm blessed. I mean, I'm blessed to be part of it and see what you guys are doing over there. It's, it's, it's pretty fun. 
I just to see, I mean, even from where you guys were, what is 2019, 20, when we first kind of connected and, and started, started talking and all that kind of stuff. It's been, it's been a fun journey to watch you guys just, you know, grow and, and that's just been the last couple of years. So thank you so much, Naisha. Anything, any last like parting words of wisdom, anything that you think that a loan officer should, should go out there and do? Oh yeah. If you want to be successful in this industry, you got to learn how to ride the wave. Mm. Don't just leave when, when the rates go up. Don't just give up when, when the, it's a different market, a seller's market, a buyer's market. Ride that wave. And that's why it's so important, like you said before, that you have that hybrid model, that you're not just depending on realtors. You're not just depending on leads. I don't fall off on my surfboard. I ride that wave and I've been riding it for a long time. So don't be scared to partner up with somebody. I have a business partner and I'm now I do all the front end stuff. He does all the back end stuff and we Mm -hmm. dance. We literally dance together and it works out so well. So don't be scared to partner up with someone and be true to yourself. If this is really for you, you need to really ask yourself, is this career something I really want? Because you can go from loan officer to branch manager, to mortgage broker, to direct lender, to buying notes and owning people's, you know, it it, it never ends. It never ends. So uh, to remove the ceiling and know your worth. And if you want to work for an amazing mortgage company, hit your girl up. Look at that. Well, let's, let's segue <laughs> into that. If, if someone wants to connect with you online or learn a little bit more about the Lending Village, where can someone find you, connect with you, you know, learn a little bit more? I'm all over the internet. Just type in the Lending Village and I'm there. <laughs> Yeah, you're like not social media because I'm currently shadow banned. So don't hit me up there. <laughs> well, the Lending Village page is still up and running. This oh, is my still are you? Yeah, yeah, you're personal. <laughs> yeah, my so page Lending is Village. too, but the algorithm's kind of off because I was uh-huh. misbehaving. Yeah, that's all good. You're you're pushed down the algorithm. It's okay. It's okay. So yeah, thank you so much, Naisha. It, it, it was uh, incredible to talk to to learn a little bit more. And you know, for anybody who is listening just to understand that there, there is so much potential in this industry. You have so much available to you. And, and I mean, you do also have that Academy. So if you do want to learn from someone who has been through it all, has gone from direct to consumer to learning how to work with real estate agents to having all of those skill sets combined, I mean, I'm going to just shamelessly plug, plug you as well. I mean, go learn a little bit more about what Naisha and Sean are doing over there at the Lending Village. And if you are interested in learning more about how we're helping loan officers, Flip the status quo on real estate agents and putting loan officers in the driver's seat, go to flipthestatusquo.com. You know, uh, Sean and Aisha are a testament to the fact that going direct to the consumer can help and work to to grow your business. So uh, thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Thanks, Aisha. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Loans On Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.